Welcome to Tech on Toast. The Tech on Toast podcast is powered by REMS Hospitality, using market data to grow your revenue. To find out more about Tech on Toast, head over to our website, techontoast.community, where you can listen to all of our podcasts, read all of our blogs, and search for the latest hospitality tech in our marketplace. Enjoy the show. Uh, welcome, guys. Welcome back to the next episode of Tech on Toast podcast. And this week, we're joined by the founder of REMS Hospitality, Carmen Mallow. How are you, Carmen? I'm great. Thank you. How are you today? I'm good. And um, We were going to record this last week, weren't we? But um, Carmen lost the voice, so that wouldn't have been the best podcast ever. <laughs> yeah, I was just saying that I completely lost my voice. So I would have to communicate with science or something. Yeah, it probably would have been <laughs> difficult. And Carmen, tell me a little bit about you. So you, I mean, you've got you've got this great new business on the horizon, which you've been building secretly in the background, which is now going great. And um, what about your journey so far in the industry? You've been in hospitality a while. I've been in hospitality for a while. So, well, it's, it's Carmen here. Uh, thank you for the introduction. And yes, I'm the founder of uh, REMS Hospitality. So probably we'll talk about REMS a bit uh, in depth later, but we are a business providing benchmarking data and revenue management tools to restaurants. So it's a newborn project. And yeah, it's probably, we're actively now approaching people uh, for the last two or three months. Um, we are very happy actually, because we is starting to pick up. So how everything is started, um, before working for, for the Ivy Group, I've been with the Ivy for, for a long time. I spent a good four years uh, learning revenue management for hotels, which I must say is pretty advanced, right? So for those who don't know what um, revenue management is, we're kind of responsible for uh, maximizing the outlet, the revenue of the outlet by changing the prices, the room prices, or the in this case, the restaurant pricing, adjusting uh, room inventory, and selecting the most profitable demand for the business. Also, we'll be um, responsible for studying the competitors and events, weather, and also we'll forecast as well, for in this case, for the hotel. So essentially, uh, I would say the role of a revenue manager becomes extremely helpful when there is a perishable inventory. Have you heard of perishable inventory, Chris? No, I don't, no, I need to yeah explain and treat me as I'm thick because I am. Okay, um, great. So <laughs> perishable inventory it means if you don't sell your rooms, your seats um, in a hotel, airlines, a restaurant, theaters, uh, you will just lose the opportunity to generate revenue because they just disappear with time. So if you don't fill in your room tonight, tomorrow you can just recover back that. Yes, uh, Okay, so that's why I think a revenue managers started back in the days to make sure they were optimizing these uh, inventories. And another essential aspect of hotels that I learned, and this is very relevant to the company, was market share. Okay, so market share is going to become very pop- a very popular word uh, because I'm going to be talking about market share a lot, um, which technically represents the market that is controlled by your business. Okay, so hotels were very market centric. Meaning if a hotel will not be performing well, unless it has a strong position in the market, it operates. It would not matter if you're growing your sales 2% year on year, 5% year on year. If you have a poor performance in the market, they definitely not, they're not in the right um, frame. So when I moved then from hotels back to restaurants to the Ivy, as you can imagine, my expectations were really high. So I was I I moved from um, revenue manager to be somehow restaurant revenue manager yield optimizer. I, I actually did, didn't even know what my role was, um, but I just had to make sure we were getting more money. 
out of the floor plan and the reservations we were getting. So um, it was mm, how I'm going to do this because I knew hotels could change the prices more than restaurants. I don't think you can change the menu every day, at least this point, right? The menu pricing. Um, but I also knew the flexibility of a restaurant managing the floor plan, looking at demand, looking at competition and all that was a great opportunity wasn't really taken advantage of. You know, it was like, yeah. So I put together a series of tools um, to maximize restaurant revenue, but always my goal, because I was very hotel driven, was to make sure what I was doing was having the most significant impact in the market. You know, so I wanted to perform at a greater scale and not only beating our own success. Are you following me? Yeah, yeah. It's just interesting because I'm sitting as you're talking, I'm picturing myself back in my job when I was an ops director in uh, Carluccio's and at yeah. Prime Minister. And the constant battle was footfall. The constant battle was how do we get our labour to fit what we've got sitting on the seats? How do we make sure each waiter's bringing home enough money out of their section? So I saw mm-hmm. all kinds of. Uh, crazy ideas as I grew up. We used to put pounds. I mean, I remember I used to get a section plan, draw it out, and put, <laughs> literally put a um, put a, a pound sign on each seat and work uh-huh. out how much each seat was worth for the waiter and say to them, look, you need to bring home in the next two hours two hundred and eighty quid. Now, this wasn't a system. This was something I made up. But uh, wow. you know, we used to, we used to literally uh, not demand, but close to that. Uh, but really, ask the guys to kind of deliver that kind of. Uh, I suppose square footage revenue, which is yeah. what you're talking about, I suppose, in a way. And uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. We never had that. Like, it wasn't a focus really that we had in the restaurant chains that I worked in, but that was, mm-hmm. you know, maybe five, 10 years ago. So I'm listening to you now thinking, yeah, it's definitely needed. Uh, yeah. And it's really interesting. Why, why um, do you think hotels, it's probably an obvious answer, but why do you think hotels uh, were doing it so much before restaurants have even tried it? And why do you think it's been so successful? Well, I think. Um... Obviously, I believe there are different aspects, right? So there was a company that is similar to what uh, Rems is doing called STR that launched a benchmarking um, tool back in the 80s, right? So probably they saw the opportunity. Bear in mind that hotels are slightly more data-driven than restaurants are. You know, they tend to have a centralized team to, you know, run some reports, adjust the the prices and i think it's because also the flexibility of moving the prices up and down you know restaurants don't have that so i think hotels saw that opportunity earlier also bear in mind that the inventory counting the rooms in a hotel is quite easy as opposed to measuring your floor capacities all the time for example i i used to talk about occupancy right uh occupancy in a hotel if you have 100 bedrooms and you sell 90 you've reached 90% occupancy. How do you track that in a restaurant? You know, yeah. you have to make sure you calculate your turns. Um, so it's it's a bit more of a complex. Yeah, because uh, effectively, it'd be like selling a hotel room twice in a day, right? So compared twice, to Twice, three times, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because you're turning over your restaurant two or three times. So that that is probably one of the reasons why. But it, it, it so, is interesting, isn't it? Because revenue is everything. It's king. Revenue is everything. And, you know, coming back to the point uh, before that I was saying that I didn't want to only beat my own success. I, I was thinking of an example, you know, I think and this is about measuring performance. And I don't know if you run, uh, but if there's uh, any runner, you know, that would do 100 meters in, let's say, 20 seconds. I'm not really, I don't really know if 20 seconds is a good or a bad I don't think it's run to the pub, but yeah. so and you're very happy you know you're like wow i've done 20 seconds until you have someone next to you 
similar with similar physical conditions and that does the same in 18 seconds, right? You're going to be wondering, oh, maybe I should train differently or you know, there's something else I could do to become better. And this is how REMS actually was born. There wasn't really a single tool available in the market, in the whole world. And trust me, before uh, we created REMS, I was looking for it desperately online. It's like, what tool can give me benchmarking for restaurants? And there wasn't anything. And we wanted a true realistic uh, comparison, you know, because I know restaurants compare sales, but yes. we wanted to make sure we compared restaurant size, time, and money all together in one pot. What about demographics? Is that something you would put into that pot as well in terms of where the restaurant may be and what kind of town or if it's in a city? Does that, does that matter? <laughs> yes, it, it does really matter because the success of REMS lays on having the right comp set, uh, which means uh, when you pick up your uh, competitors, you need to make sure the location is relevant, the price is relevant, and the cuisine is relevant. Yeah. Then you can obviously expand your... Uh, you could compare yourself against your three uh, restaurants, local restaurants or pubs, right? But then you probably want to say, okay, I love to know how am I doing. Uh, if I'm an Italian restaurant with the it, all the restaurants, Italian restaurants in town, so you will go, you know, and you can create a secondary comp set and then the opportunities are, you know, endless. Because I suppose the only benchmark right now, if you're trying to, so if I'm running an Italian restaurant in Cardiff and I want to compare uh -huh. myself, on down the road i suppose my only real benchmark is social media right TripAdvisor and so yeah reviews are uh, as genuine as um people feel on that day you know yeah. or so that, that wasn't enough for me and also yeah. it doesn't really involve any revenue um, yeah there's no real fun because there's no financial basis there to work from and uh, and one of the things correct. i thought was really interesting about rems is that if I'm opening, I used to open multiple sites, like in college, mm -hmm. we went from 10 to 100 fairly quickly, you know, over a period of wow. time. And being able to understand the city we were moving into or the location we were moving into and understanding the benchmarking side of that, we were having to take our own sites, really. Or literally, I was going into, so in Portsmouth, I was going into sites, asking them, how much do you do a week? You know, asking people, exactly. you know, and some way, some managers are really nice and they tell me, some are really savvy and they were like, no. Uh, but yeah, yeah a lot of, you know, so that was the only kind of research I could do back in the day to really understand how we were going to perform and then write the budgets and tell the boss, look, this is what yeah. it's going to look like. So REMS would give me, a window, I suppose, or a, a mm -hmm. bit of a, an oversight into what the city might look like for us if we opened, which I think is, I mean, absolutely crucial. Yeah, no, you, you're right. So it's not not only for new openings, but also for up and running restaurants. When you you well said, when you open a restaurant, you will try to figure out information about the concept. Why wouldn't you continue paying the same attention to the concept while you are up and running? Yeah. Um, and this is what we aim to. And on top of that, I mean, we can we can talk about it later. We also provide um, revenue management tools, you know, and tips and how you can run your floor plan um, better, you know, reservations and all that. And, and what about the Ivy then? So you were at the Ivy and you were, you were kind of bringing your hotel mindset with you. Was <laughs> it quite a, was it about some of a fire, I suppose, coming in thinking? Because I suppose you really wanted to kind of achieve the success you had there in, in the Ivy. Is that is that the way you approached it? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, well, in the beginning, it was. It's, it, I wouldn't say it was messy, but it's like, how do you transfer your skills from a well-established industry to yeah. a 
I wouldn't say a broken industry, but there wasn't nothing like that happening, you know. So I just had to pick and choose. And I say, okay, what do I do first? I need to set myself a a list of KPIs, you know, what do I want to achieve here and how I'm going to achieve it, you know. And slowly I would just, uh, I look at the processes, you know, I look at the data, I I soon surrounded myself by really cool people, which I think is very important, you know, like intelligent people that want the job to be done. And then we started trialing different um, tools, different um, strategies, you know, in terms of how we're going to manage the reservations. Are we going to overbook? Are we going to, you know, select, look at the demand differently? Are we going to negotiate with OTAs to make sure we're getting the best deal? And it just became bigger and bigger. And better. Are you, were you working directly with operations then? So would you talk to operations fairly regularly? Yes. Yeah. So one of the things, um, one of the most challenging parts here is like somehow you need to take some control of it. If you are a revenue manager, you need to kind of control the number of reservations you want to put, uh, what times do you want them to come, you know, you, you do forecast. So the communication with operators was vital, you know, because in the beginning they felt a bit threatened you know, that I was going to get there and just, um, you know, remove that important part of the. But then at the end, they appreciated uh, that I, because they could focus mostly on what they needed to do, you know, which is deliver uh, a proper service and making sure the restaurant runs efficiently. So, yeah, in, in, uh, communication was vital. And I remember we were having revenue meetings as well, once every two weeks or once a month with restaurants. And we were recommending them, uh, you should change your floor plan, you should adjust your um, party sizes, you're not utilizing your tables as you should. You know, uh, we need to prepare for this event. Um, yeah. And it's quite a big, because I remember in, uh, in, again, sorry to refer back again, but Carlitos, we were we were changing the way we did our rotary. Uh, we had a big project on and we changed the way we kind of planned our man hours and all this kind of stuff. And I remember mm-hmm. that was a huge barrier because it was the you know we're famous yeah. fluffy, right in operations where we're, we're not fluffy but we're, we like to you know we kind of put our arm around everyone look after our people that's our job right and then when someone comes along and it's quite direct it's like look you need to do this to get this it can be a bit of a barrier and i imagine you probably came across the same thing when you were kind of saying look guys to make more money you're going to ha- this isn't a conversation you're going to have to do this to yeah get better. uh and i imagine that was a challenge it was a very difficult um period but it's worth it, you know, because for for two reasons. One, we improve the results, which at the end of the day, every company wants to be better. And two, it gave me the reassurance that revenue manager management had a space within yeah. restaurants, you know, yeah. because I had to, you know, it, it, I was probably, if, if I might say, I don't know anyone in London that has, you know, been hired to implement revenue management as a higher scale so far and i wish to see more people so it was like a trial as well you know and it was yeah you had to prove it right the responsibility was quite big and it's like how because yeah but i think it worked really well and now i can i can feel more groups big groups are demanding um looking for you know pricing optimization anything the title doesn't really matter but it's someone that really helps you to get your revenue up and, and it's interesting because vic searle introduced us uh, from data hawks and uh-huh. uh, vic, vic will tell you data is everything uh, and, uh, uh, and um it's interesting isn't it that the kind of data you're going to produce through rems or share through rems it's really actually going to empower business isn't it it's going to enable it, people 
We will. We want restaurants to be even more strategic, you know, more empowered. We we don't we don't want restaurants to waste money on things they shouldn't, you know. We just want to guide them and give them the right tools. And I know uh, Vic Victoria, you know, is is, is doing great with um, with data as well. So we wanna we we wanna do something similar, but we're just approaching um, restaurants in a different way. You know, we're more revenue driven. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I suppose, so you you did the Ivy, which was a fantastic company, a fantastic role. And what led you to kind of think, right, I'm going to do my own thing? Did you go mad? <laughs> um, yeah, well, the thing is, I was building uh, the business with my um, co-founder um, during the evenings and weekends, right? And that was tough because yeah. I could barely find that time for myself. Um, so there was a point when I had to just say, okay, if I continue working for the Ivy, it is great, you know, it's going to also support me financially, but I will never find the time to launch this uh, project. So we, obviously, we started building REMS before the pandemic. We had to stop. I mean, we continue working, but there was no point yeah. anybody would buy REMS where, you know, everything was closed. So we resume once the restaurants uh, reopen again. And yeah, I just one day say, I'm going to put my resignation. Um yeah i will i will see how it goes <laughs> i mean that's, i think it's called the leap of faith yeah <laughs> yeah that's probably the the, the risk an entrepreneur must take you know and i've if ever since i i must say i'm very happy and fulfilled and not my pocket though <laughs> i'm breathing a lot i'm exercising and i people that know me you know see that i'm uh, quite happy and content so it's good and what about you? I mean, before we get into like REMS and what it actually does, what about yeah. you? Where are you from originally? So I'm from Spain. Which part of Spain? We've had this um, privately, but yeah, so near the border with Portugal, it's only ten minutes by car. So every time I go to Spain, I travel to Lisbon. Nice. <laughs> this is, and then I uh, usually drive to my village. It's a very small village in the border with Portugal. Very nice. And uh, and, and and what brought you to uh, originally over to London? Was was it hospitality or? No, actually, no. I I was working in a bank uh, in Spain. Um, I I don't know. I just finished my degree. I worked in a bank for a while, and all I wanted to do is just leave and learn a bit of English. <laughs> and, and I don't know. And also, very money was during the big big crisis back in two thousand and yeah. eight. It started, and then two thousand and ten, eleven, and you know, Spain wasn't really good. Uh, no. job wise so I just came and I ever since I'm very grateful that I found a job in Nando's uh, as a waitress because my English was awful meaning like terrible um you know and I'm very grateful Nando's or any you know gave me the chance to start my career and, and it, that is, I mean, for me, I mean, I get all gooey about hospitality and really passionate about it because I spent my life in it. But I love the fact that you've now built something that you're going to supply into the industry and you were on the floor at Nando's not speaking English. And I, I, lo- I think that's, I think that journey, I just think it's amazing that the industry can do that yeah. for people because probably without that opportunity, we probably wouldn't be talking now, I suppose. You know, if you hadn't had that, the, whoever looked after you at Nando's, whichever line manager or supervisor you had who encouraged you to, you know, to work and, you know, probably all helped you with your English as you kind of hung around. Uh, I think it's awesome because now you've ended up where you are now. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, now I look back, it's 10, 11 years back, and I'm like, wow. But and back in the days, you know, I came alone I came alone to London. I didn't know anyone, you know. I would just – I rented a room, and I just say, okay, 
uh, let's wait and see. Um, but I was very eager to learn. And I remember in the beginning, I didn't socialize with any Spanish people. I didn't want to hear Spanish at all. And it was it was challenging because in the restaurant in Nando's, uh, there were a lot of Spanish people. Yes. I'm like, how am gonna, I going to do this? I haven't, you know, like I'm working. Why are all these people? I can't work with them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then they thought I was so rude. I mean, but I'm like, I can't, guys. You know, I traveled my, miles from Spain to be here and learn how I'm going to, you know. No, I think I always say about English people or, you know, we're, we're ignorant in, in terms of language. And I think we're very spoiled in the fact that, you know, English is universally spoken. And yeah. I'm always hugely admirable of people who come over, uh, you know, who build businesses here or and just have those second, third languages. And I encourage my kids constantly to learn as many languages as they can. Right. Because it's 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 embarrassing how bad we are over here. And we're lazy because we can be because people like you come over and adopt our language in like five years uh, whilst we're still blabbering on and speaking poor English. So, yeah, I I, I bow my cap to you. It's it, it's very impressive. But but. Honestly, I, I, I get it. Spain was the same, you know, yeah. and that's why we were so bad with languages as well, because we thought, oh, now would you don't need to speak any other language uh, until obviously, as I said, the crisis came and people had to travel and become more international and multinationals came to Spain and all this, you know, and then it's when English became a need. But back in the days, no, trust me, even when I was studying at school, it was like very poor English lessons. My kids are at Welsh school and um, nobody speaks Welsh in Wales, only, only, <laughs> only a small portion. But the reason we did it was because I wanted to, because they're doing French and Spanish and everything at school as well through Welsh, mm-hmm. which is even harder. But they've picked it up so quick because they've already got a second language. So that was the whole reason behind it. So I'm, I just want them to travel and see really cool stuff, you know, like we have. So anyway, I digress. But uh, so let's get into um, let's get into REMS and talk about. Um, so if I'm a, I'm a, I'm a restaurant owner and I, I want uh-huh. to, uh, I've met you and you're lovely and I'd like to join REMS. What, what, how does the process work and what will I get from it? So, well, the process now couldn't be any easier. So I would obviously tell you that uh, what is REMS about, which is going to be a tool that will allow your restaurant uh, to increase revenue. I will say the cheapest, fastest and easiest way. OK, and you will be like, wow, wow, that's like too much. <laughs> and, and it's like, yeah, wait for it. We can we can prove it because you could compare yourself with a group of other restaurants similar in in prices, location and cuisine. So you can learn how well you're turning your tables, uh, how your spend per head compares to the industry and how well you're using all that together plus your time. And this is the key KPI, which is called RevPush. And I think we've talked about RevPush before, which yes. stands for revenue per seat per hour, um, which will give the, the a true genuine comparison uh, because yeah, you know it out all of those anomalies right so it, it, it kind of clears the deck and says <laughs> your, your seat in your location in bristol is worth the same as this other location in bristol with the same amount of seats whatever but so that where the comp set is is similar uh you've got that real clean measure absolutely so how can you start using rems so you create your profile uh, very simple and then you input uh, two revenue figures in the tool in literally 30 seconds it doesn't take more than that and you just wait for the market share results and recommendations to come to you so i'm going to give you an example of how rems can could help you improving faster and cheaper so imagine you are the owner of a particular restaurant 
um, doesn't matter what food type. And you are, as many restaurants, you are focusing on, on improving performance, let's say midweek, right? So midweek yeah. is, 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 is funny. It's a funny thing. Just because you feel, you know, you're not growing enough or you feel you have opportunities, you invest a lot of money and resources to trying to get better, right? So then we come to you and I say, hold on, let's run market share report. And then we realize together that the opportunities land on weekends. Uh, you know, so the competitors, let's say, are ahead ahead of you in market share because of spend per head. So yeah. in this particular case, the market, your competitors are consistently around four or five pounds or six pounds ahead of you in spend per head. So one of the KPIs, which means if they basically capitalize it better in the market opportunities. They're getting more money out of the market. And this is this could be because they are upselling. Their upselling techniques are better because they have uh, premium dishes in the menu that are a, that sells, you know, more, more times. So with this, I always say if somebody goes to a restaurant similar to yours and spend four, five, ten pounds more, they would also do it at yours. You just need to know how to get that money. So yeah. in that case, once we've targeted what the real opportunity and issues are, the restaurant could, for example, run a quick menu matrix, you know, and if they are into all this menu engineering thing, they could potentially, it's time for them to do it because definitely people are willing to spend more money. Uh, they could go and check again the competitor pricing. And this is something we will start developing as well in REMS, how to integrate as well uh, competitors' uh, pricing into the tool. So it becomes easier for users to just have a wider view of the prices around. Um, they could also revisit the upsell techniques. You know, they could just go on uh, um, to the guys on the floor and say, hey, are you upselling right? Uh, what are you doing? So in a matter of time, probably this restaurant could become in line with the market and just get more revenue and get the revenue where the opportunity is. Uh, that, and that's the massive thing, opportunity, right? You just mentioned there, the fact that I'm sitting here kind of scratching my head thinking, I don't get it. My my neighbor is full Saturday night and I'm 20% full. I don't understand why. And then you re- and then you kind of realize where the gap is in terms of finance. You're like, and it will motivate you, right, to go and find out why as well. And I think, I mean, I always, I always say to people, go, go and try it. Go and, go and sit in there and work out what they're doing in terms of upselling, what they're doing in terms of menu yeah. on top of yeah. what you described. Because you wouldn't know. I think I think the fact that you kind of realize that opportunity or put it in front of their face, it, it, all of a sudden it will, it will start the, the the brain moving, right? Absolutely. I mean, some of the results are shocking, right? Because it's all about perspective. So if you really think your restaurant is doing well, wait until you have market share in front of you. Yeah. Uh, and then you you really know if you are actually doing well. Yeah, of course. And I'm not. I would never uh, say that a restaurant is doing poorly you know we just want to make them do better and run more efficiently and spend less money and just invest where the market opportunity is and yes it's a matter of expanding your vision instead of looking at me myself and i just look around because the money comes from the market not from you know your own restaurant so people have multiple options i think it's really interesting isn't it that you're right i would go and spend five pound a head in 10 pound a head in x place and, and but i'm only spending two pound in yours it's not because i suddenly had a shocking experience because most people will look at experience straight away right and say uh-huh. your waiter wasn't very good or whatever it might be but the reality is your menu might not be engineered correctly or 
um, your upselling isn't on point, or actually you've got uh, an offer you're running in the day, which should be running the night or whatever it might be. So it, it really leads you down a path, doesn't it? So it's great. So, and then uh, how, how much does that cost me, Carmen, to, uh, to come and do that? So, well, at the moment, it costs you nothing. And it's wow. very good because, yeah, it costs you nothing for, for two reasons. One, we, we, <laughs> we really want to uh, prove the concept, right? right um, okay. While we are 150% convinced this is a transformation for the industry, we need people to see it. We need to educate yeah. them. We want to go hand by hand in during this journey. So at the moment, uh, joining REMS is, is free. You know, we will um, train you in the market share KPIs. We will uh, put you in a comset uh, with, um, if you want, with whatever restaurant is around. It may not be very relevant to you at this point, but at least you learn and you get familiar with uh, with market share metrics. And then once we find your preferred competitive set, which means more and more restaurants need to keep joining REMS, then it's when we start charging £45 a month. It doesn't matter if I'm an enterprise business or an independent business, right? It- it join. does not matter. The The thing with uh, REMS, um, I don't know if we at some point will talk about technology. I would love to talk about technology, uh, <laughs> but because I'm very oh, opinionated about technology. But, you know, we understand the industry's hurdles, right? Um, yeah. And that's why REMS is really simple and user-friendly. And while I love integrations, I love every system talking to each other, at this point, uh, current time, REMS is completely independent. So you could join whether you are a chain, a cafe, so because you just really need, it's like having a calculator in your pocket, you know, you put your uh, figures, you select your competitors in a map, and then you have your uh, market share results. Now, in in time, of course, we want to make it sure everything integrates and we have access to all the APIs, EPOS, and all that kind of thing. But at the moment, yeah, it's Anyway, it's fairly simple. I think I always say, what is 30 seconds of your day if you can gain such a strong and important data? Don't you agree? Yeah, Yeah. and it's about advantage, right? I mean, I was, all my life in operations, I always wanted to beat whoever I was nearby. And I I include mainly internally, I hated other area managers or other people doing better than me. I couldn't stand it. (laughs) Even if they were friends, right? I just wanted to win all the time. And I I think a lot of people are similar like that in hostel. I think everyone wants to win, right? It's if you if you're not that kind of mindset, you probably won't stay in very long. Um, So yeah, I was always obsessed with beating everybody. So any kind of leg up or assistance I could get, I would take and run with it. So I think most people are the same in that kind of position. So yeah, I think it makes sense. Let's talk about tech while you're on it. So let's, because I know you have an opinion. Uh, you have an opinion about I, lots of things, actually. I have an opinion about everything. <laughs> it can be quite annoying, though. <laughs> We've only met two or three times, and we just spend hours listening to common <laughs> opinions. But anyway, so tech is obviously, it's the reason that's, that's the reason I'm here doing this. Um, and it's the reason that te- uh, I suppose the industry is advancing so quickly, I think, in terms of uh, what it can do. But do you think we're in the right do you think it's kind of found its spot yet or do you think we're still kind of struggling to understand the mixture between operations and technology and experience? Yeah, that's definitely the second one. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm going to give you my view, right? So I think technology is only effective. It's, it's set up correctly, right? And it really helps and accommodates to the restaurant's fast pace. And, and one of the, I, I was thinking the other day and I'm like, hold on, why are we failing in, in some aspects to, to, you know, to progress and use technology better. It's because I think 
I look at technology having a bi-dimensional approach. So it's like how the client used the technology and how the we as a restaurant use yeah. technology, right? And I don't think uh, we can make it 100% right until we find the balance. We could be focusing on making the guest life so easy, but if we don't make it equally useful for restaurant, you know, we'll not get there. And, and you know, the other day we went to um, together to... Um, data hogs event right yeah. wonderful event and a lot of people were talking about uh, personalization it's all about you know and speed and connecting all the dots and yeah so um, i personally gonna give you an example in terms of the crm right so crm is an important piece of technology and restaurants are investing money and to learn about customers and patterns. Um, but if you really want to learn about dining habits from guests, you need to have a link, a basic link between your EPOS and your reservation platform, right? So then you can uh, understand the guest and the money they spend and how often they come. That link oftentimes doesn't work, okay? Yeah. So, and I've seen it myself in restaurants, not only one, two, but probably five, that that link is not accurate enough. So, and then once you have that link done, that data needs to be actions correctly, which again is hard, you know, because most people in restaurants... Who does that in like head office or wherever? Where, who, <laughs> who then analyzes that data? Or is it the well, area? That, that's the thing, you know. Um, the, probably in, in the case of myself in the Ivy, so it was a mixtures, mixture of myself and other a yield manager that uh, I got in the team and then some people from marketing and definitely operators. But the thing is, each of us, each of us had a completely different view of how reading data means, you know. So I'm very data driven because I use it back in hotels and I learned coding and all these kind of things. But somebody else may not be or may just interpret data in a completely different way. Yeah. So what I'm saying is like we could have all this fancy technology, but if the end result is confusing. So all we are doing is just adding layers of technology and data for no reason. Because, well, and, and in essence, right, hospitality is really simple. Uh, and, 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 you know, restaurants are really simple. And I know everyone will go, we're rolling their eyes at me. But really they are. You hire good people, serve great food, and make sure people come back, right? That's the three things I used to say to my guys. That's what, you know, that's what you've got to do. But on top of that, there's a, there's a whole world of systems now we have to operate around the, around the ecosystem of running a restaurant or running a bar or whatever it might be. So it, it is becoming challenging, but also technology does enable you, it should be enabling, right, to be able to reach new markets, reach new revenue, reach delivery customers, whatever it might be. Yeah. I, I mean, you have a point, a very good point that running a restaurant should be easy, right? Uh, it's true. We're not building rockets. We are not, you know, um, we're just serving and offering great experiences. But the, 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 the market is becoming more difficult to please. Let's put it this way, right? Um, when, and I, I, I couldn't ask this question back in the days, but maybe I'm going to ask this question to you. So, you know, when in all this personalization era, when you have to approach people with the right message, make sure you don't say the wrong words because you could offend people. So back in the days, for example, if you wanted to go to a restaurant, you either were probably vegetarian or not vegetarian. So we wouldn't really have more options than that, yeah. right? Yeah. Today, it's it's everything. So vegetarian, vegan, pescatarian, all these uh, allergens, everything. So how would you individually approach these people 
without costing a fortune, you know, because if it's all about personalization, how can you make sure you cluster all these people in different buckets and approach them with the tailored message? It's, it's, it's an absolute they want to hear. nightmare because, I mean, again, going back to my experience, at one point we had six different <laughs> menus or six different, six different versions of the main menu we would offer to people. And imagine being a customer coming in the front door and say, hey, table for two. And you're like, yeah, hang on. Are you X, Y, Z? Literally. And that's what we used to do. We used to kind of say gluten-free, go, go through all the different types of menus. And it became a bit comical, you know, and um, to the point where, because I, I, I think the customer may not be as complex as we think. I think they want to be looked after in their experience. And that could be through menu engineering. It could be through the digital means we have now. It, it, it can be done through skilled service. But uh, yeah, that's, oh, I mean, that's a long story. That's around recruitment. It's about finding the right people to be able to deliver that yeah. message. Because uh, otherwise you will be standing at the door with eight different menus going, which bucket do you fit in? Which is just horrific, right? How do you do that? So, yeah, and it's probably why I'm not in operations while I'm sitting here talking to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, it will um, it will get better, right? But yeah, I yeah. also think technology providers need to understand the world of restaurants. I think know. well, I think that's absolutely key, and I think what's happened with a lot of the tech that's come in that they have sales teams and retention teams, or you know, who are marketing people who've never stepped foot in a restaurant, which is fine. But someone somewhere in that company needs to have insider knowledge, needs to have been there, bled, done a double shift you know, uh, worked till all hours, got up again, done it the next day, understand what the restaurant people go through because it make it so much easier when designing tech and exactly. solving problems that you actually really, and I'm, when I say understand, I mean really understand what yeah. we're trying to achieve. So, yeah, I think that, and, and the pandemic didn't help that, obviously, because everyone went and raised a load of cash uh, because the markets went, yeah, this is good. We'll invest in this, in every bit of tech going, QR code based. Uh, and yeah, mm-hmm. and a load of people are now selling that in. But it's about understanding what these guys actually want in the business, because uh, I think sometimes that's the main missing ingredient. Uh, there are some really good examples of people doing it well, actually. Uh, I won't list them, but there are some really good tech companies who have great insider knowledge and people like you you've you've done your hard yards in uh, the hotel world and the ivy yeah you've done it so and i think it gives you authenticity right when you're sitting across from someone who's in the industry you can say to them i've been there i've done it i've been there absolutely (laughs) i've been there yeah so yeah but it it gives you that opportunity and i think when you're selling because it's what you're going to be doing it's yeah. it's a massive door opener um, compared to the guy next door who's just raised a load of cash on a Series A and is about to, you know, has got a really shiny kit that's next to you, but you're real. So, uh, yeah, I think it's interesting. I think it's uh, – and I definitely think the industry will come back to that eventually and understand that the people that built kit for the industry should be in the industry. Ranto. Thanks, Chris. You're very encouraging, honestly. <laughs> it's great talking to you. <laughs> no, no, but I think it's the right thing to do, right? If we really, really care about the industry and everyone goes, oh, yeah, we love it, and there's lots of things on LinkedIn. But if you really, really care about it, the people that worked in it should be the ones that supply it. And I'm not saying that that's not allowed, that external people can come in and do it. But if they do, they need to understand the industry itself. So hire Absolutely. a non-exec. Go and get a non-exec who's done 20 years in the industry. Go and get, a, I don't know, yeah. uh, a chairman who's bought and sold a couple of restaurant chains. Because they, yeah. they, and I know they're doing that. I understand some of the big guys are hiring non-execs and have got people in the business. But I know in your business you have operations, former operations directors uh, supporting you and helping you and people like that. So I think it's, yeah, I think it's key. So uh, anyway, rant over. Um, so what we've, we've gone on far too long because I, I knew we would because it's you. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, sure you will keep inviting me for a future uh, podcast. I'll always invite you. I, I think it's I, no, I genuinely think I, I love data. I love numbers, and I love. 
I always liked having competitive advantages. I said, I always like to be able to get ahead of people and what you're doing uh, would enable me and my old self to get ahead of my area manager next door or the, <laughs> or the restaurant next door. So I love it. Um, what's the plan then? So what's, so obviously you're in, you're in kind of um, free mode right now and helping people get on the platform and use it and test it and prove what's the plan for the next year? Um, well, the plan for the next year is to prove that REMS is a tool that every restaurant should have. We are willing to accommodate to uh, restaurant needs. We listen to customers. We'll adjust the product. Um, we just make sure that in this 2022-2023, the industry gets educated in market share and revenue management. You know, and they see really the potential and um, it's it's just working hard, you know. I keep uh, writing articles. I keep trying to have a voice in yeah. every platform that wants to talk to me. Um, yeah, thank you. No, I think it's important. And yeah, it's all about speaking to people. Um, if they say no to me one, two, three times, I'll try to get them to say yes the fourth time. Um, we're being very flexible, easy. As I say, we don't charge anything. We don't have hidden fees. We don't trick anyone. We just generally want to help and I because you know I've worked hard um, at the Ivy Hilton and other businesses you know to make them be successful as part of the team you know obviously it wasn't only me it was the whole the whole team working together but I could see with my eyes and experience that we were missing something and we could be much better if we had other tools and REMS is there for this you know that's awesome. And and and, if I, and I know you write a lot because I read your blogs and you're going to feature on Tech on Toast soon uh, on our you. newsletter. Um, where do we find you? What, where, where's the website? What's the website called? Um, so the website's called uh, Rams Hospitality, www.remshospitality.com. Um, there you can see, yeah, essentially what Rams does to you, how you can contact us. You can read um, about um, mar- revenue management, primarily market share, and also sometimes I write about what I think is is relevant, you know, and it it may help uh, people to open up their mindset. Um, and yeah, about writing, I really I don't know. I think we're running out of time, right? Keep going, Carmen. Why not? Uh, You've gone this long. Just keep going. <laughs> no, I think um, the reason why I believe what I write is relevant is because you know we we've talked before. Revenue management and market share are two things. Nobody really talks directly about, but everybody wants, you know, yeah. everybody wants to be better than the competitors. As you said, you, you hated being, you know, the yeah. second or the third. <laughs> everybody wants to run efficiently and grow the business. Uh, so it's a great niche. It's a really, really great opportunity. And it's not that I, we build a market share model from scratch. We've learned from other industries. We've learned from hotels. We've learned from airlines. We've learned from, and now we are here with a, with a tailored product made for restaurants to help and deliver success. So um, I think, why not? I think restaurants really should say, hey, we need to stop operating like we've done for the last 50 years and just embrace new Well, ways. I think, I think that is 100% correct. I think the fact, I think something needs to change. We've um, obviously we have huge recruitment issues and people issues across the board, but I also think that's not a uh, it's it's the pandemic didn't help and Brexit didn't help. But I also think we need to look very firmly in the mirror and think: Did we treat everyone well? Have we turned this into an industry where it's a career of choice and that people can hang around for a long time and we've got development and all that kind of stuff? And we still exactly. look after the gig workers like yourself in Nando's, you know, just getting some work to get through and learn a new language, whatever. So it's, it's not easy. Uh, that bit isn't easy. So getting that yeah. sort of 
is, is difficult, but I, I think it, it definitely needs to change. I think that's right. And look, on a day off, you must have a come on, you told me you're exercising more. What do you do on a day off? Do you have how do you do it on your downtime? Um, well, I usually run or exercise. Now I re- I'm really you like it. Runner or a, what are yeah, you, what are I, I run along. I actually don't have, I should join a, a yeah, team club. People. Yeah. a running club. Yeah. But you know, recently I've, I found that I like parkour. Have you ever heard of parkour? <laughs> yes, I've heard of parkour. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just, I see myself when I see the opportunity and I just start jumping. <laughs> Wow. And I'm like, I might look very like an idiot, but I really, I really like it. And then there, there's a park near my house that where you have the bars, you have yeah, yeah. all the tools. And it's going exercise there. It's very, it helps my kids, me. My kids watch it on YouTube, the parkour guys on YouTube. Also, there's some crazy ones, right? Uh, parkour that, is insane. Yeah, it's mad. I didn't think this was going to go here, but this is great. All right, look, that was great. And Carmen, thank you very much, the parkour. Thank you, Chris. It's um, been amazing. No, it's great to chat to you. We look forward to hearing more about REMS. All right, that's great. Thank you very much, guys. And we'll speak to you all next week. Thanks. Bye, Carmen. Bye. Thanks for listening. Make sure you tune in next week to find out who we've got coming up. Or you can go and check out techontoast.community to find out more about what we're up to. Have a great week.